do you view him more along the lines of a LeBron, a KD, like one of those perimeter-oriented guys, or do you see him as more like a Shaq, where if he just dominates the paint and stops worrying about his jump shot and if that comes or not, he's still a, like an awesome player. So I don't know, like, what do you view him as? If you play him 20, 25 minutes, it doesn't know what any good, because like Lamelo isn't is, is Lamelo's potential development is going to be stunted. That's just my logic. I'm clearly not an NBA coach. I think I should be, but I'm not. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Locked In Podcast. My name is Ani. My name is Shree. It has been a while since we've done this a whole year. In fact, 2021 is now upon us. We apologize for taking a hiatus, but all of us need a break sometimes. But we are back. We are better than ever, hopefully, and we're ready to give you some hot off the presses, NBA news, NFL news, whatever you want to talk about, we are here. Yeah, we're just going to do a little, as the elementary schools like to call it, little progress reports on all of the NBA teams, and then... We're going to move on to previewing some of these conference championship games out in the NFL. Great matchups, great storylines, but let's start with the NBA. We're just going to start with the East. Ani, I know you wanted to group these teams by mascot preference and which teams have the nicest jerseys, mascots. I don't even know, whatever, but we're just going to go in order record-wise, starting with the East. So let's go. Philadelphia 76ers led by... MVP favorite Joel Embiid right now playing at a monster level. I think this is the player that everyone envisioned when the Sixers drafted him back in 2014. And I know he sat the year with injury. And this is the guy that we've all been waiting for. Properly conditioned, like impacts the game at a top five level on both ends of the floor. Stretching his game out to consistently shoot the three a little bit more. It looks nice. And like, I don't know if it's Doc Rivers or not, but... The entire team just looks more engaged. Definitely. And you do say that this is the, the guy that we've been looking for. I was watching some highlights of him in 2018. And the jump in his step during that that time, he was so much more explosive. He's a bit more, I'm not going to say reserved because I don't think that's the word, but he's, he's not as explosive as he was in 2018. And I was confused because, you know, I watched some of his highlights this season to watch some of his highlights in 2018, he seems like Giannis-esque in 2018, and now he's a bit slower and a bit, again, not as explosive, but it doesn't seem to have impacted his game in in in, in a way that I I think that when I, when I watch the highlight, when I watch the tape from 2018 and now, and I look at the two players, I'd be like, oh yeah, the guy in 2018 is a much better player, but he's not. Right, right, and, Joel and you were saying like not reserved. I think it's measured would be the word. Like he's just more deliberate yeah. in his touches. He's not as like early in your career, and when you're like ascending towards stardom, you, I don't know, the effort level is high, but sometimes the it doesn't translate into actual basketball things. And now yeah. I think everything Embiid does is with purpose. I don't think there's wasted time when he's out on the floor. So you're right. Like there is a big transformation in terms of how. He approaches each game and how he handles both sides of the floor. So good for yeah. them. Good for the Sixers. Anything else you want to add? I mean, I, w- I was just going to say that I think Ben Simmons, I, I, I think the, the best thing the Sixers did do this season is not trade for James Harden because we were looking at the reports of mm-hmm. potentially they were going to give up Simmons and a bunch of other players. 
and just the depth that the Nets traded away, and we'll talk about the Nets, but the depth that the depth that the Nets traded away to get James Harden, like personally, I don't think is worth it. Maybe it will be in the long run, but we've seen that they lost to the Cavs two games in a row, mm-hmm. right? So we'll see how it plays out with regards to conditioning and injuries. But this Sixers team seems to have a, a much better sense of depth than the Nets do right now, and I think Ben Simmons is not improving as as much as I thought he would. I thought he's still kind of playing the same level that he was when he came into the league. So I, I don't know. He's, he's not become a better shooter. He's not become a better facilitator. He's the same. He's a good facilitator, pretty good on defense. But I'm kind of disappointed. I feel like, honestly, if Ben Simmons steps up his game and the Sixers team keeps his roster together and Tobias Harris is actually having a pretty decent season, right? then I think the, the Sixers team could actually challenge a team in the West. But right now, I don't think they can. I still think the Sixers are... Like right now, obviously they're first in the East, but I think in terms of true talent wise, they are still a top three team in the East. I don't really see, like, I think it's. But again, it's, it's, it's not about the East. It's about the NBA. No, right. But I'm right? saying, like, I think the Sixers are in position to make that conference finals run, maybe make the finals, but that's because they have guys like Seth Curry, who, despite, like, recently had COVID and everything, starting off the season providing exactly what they've been missing outside shooting, yeah. efficient outside shooting. And Danny Green's been, like, pretty good for them. So. Yeah, there's. I, I, I mean, get th- he's been very on and off though. Like one game he'll go off, and the next game he'll hit like zero shots. It's just very, it's very Danny Green stuff. But. Right. I think one last thing on Simmons, it sucks that he hasn't improved because his base level right now is We're third so team high. All NBA. So like high. that's just without a jump shot, without improving his scoring, he is a third team All exactly. NBA caliber guard. Yeah, exactly. So we just want to see more from Ben Simmons, and I think that's where Philly's ceiling rests. So let's move on to another team that's kind of underachieving to say the least, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks, second in the East, nine and six, but they've lost two straight. There's again the questions of Giannis's jump shot. Has he improved as a scorer? All his numbers are slightly down, but I think that has something to do with also adding Drew Holiday into their offense and kind of reconfiguring some things. Um, Chris Middleton enjoying a career year all across the board. So there are some good things. There are some questions about the Giannis fatigue and what he is. Here's my question to you. Like, do you view him more along the lines of a LeBron, a KD, like one of those perimeter oriented guys? Or do you see him as more like a Shaq where if he just dominates the paint and stops worrying about his jump shot and if that comes or not, he's still... Of like an awesome player so i don't know like what do you view him as well for me i think he is both those things or he has the ability to be both those things and that's what's frustrating about it is that i think he's already at a level not of the level of Shaq, because i think Shaq is the most dominant inside scorer this league has ever and will ever see just in terms of his physical size but also his technique right but Giannis can go to the paint and score whenever he wants to right but it's very tiring and with regards to spacing it doesn't work out so well and also just the defensive opportunities teams try and deny him to get into the paint so Giannis can and should be able to improve his jump shot it's like shooting an NBA jump shot it's not that hard and shooting at like a level where it's eight no, for someone at the talent level of Giannis is what I'm saying, right? Like we, we see guys at like 24-hour fitness or like rec centers all across the country making jump shots. Like why can't Giannis? He has every tool in the book physically that anybody that wants to be good at basketball needs to have, right? So I'm just confused as to why he, like why 
and we, we saw him practice and i'm putting that in quotes in in the bubble and we saw him put in so much time in the offseason and all this stuff but it doesn't seem to have been paying off and he airballed a three against the, the lakers uh in like the third quarter and it just looked really bad and i don't know man like i think Giannis has the ability to, to potentially be one of the best players the league has ever seen but it's he's just not developing what he needs to develop it's really interesting that the east's two best teams and two of the most core guys to those teams, just the, all Cannot the questions shoot. are about, like, can they shoot? And yeah. with Giannis, oh, like, like, yeah, it's easy to say he has all the physical tools. He has everything necessary to shoot a jump shot. Like, it, it doesn't look super bad when he shoots it sometimes. Like, I think he's getting that little fadeaway now. It's just, like, some deeper mid-range shots. The three, obviously, is not yet at a level it needs to be. Like... If I mean, it's look, if it's, if so, if it's can, easy if it, for guys to develop jump shots, how come Simmons hasn't done it? How come Giannis hasn't done it? How like like what is it? Like it, is it coaching? Is but it, look at Lonzo, right? And look at other. I mean, look at LeBron. LeBron went like six for eight the other day from three. And LeBron James, like, used to be known as a guy that could shoot the ball, but not someone who could necessarily shoot the ball as well as going six for eight. Like now, I feel like LeBron is kind of transitioning into you have to respect him across every single area once he crosses half court he was he didn't used to be like that right he used to be like like maybe statistically he did but in terms of respect and how defenders used to play him they didn't they didn't necessarily need play as tight even in his heat days but especially in his early cab days they did not play as tight on him when he was at three-point line it was mainly when he took a few steps past three-point line the mid-range is when he became really deadly but now he's really developing that three-point shot so if lebron james can do it Ben Simmons can do it. Giannis should be able to do it. And like we've seen players, good players become great shooters, right? right? And we've seen bad players become okay. I'm not expecting Giannis to shoot as well as Chris Middleton. No one is expecting that. I'm not expecting Ben Simmons to, to shoot as well as Seth Curry, right? But to shoot at a respectable level where the defense is not going to run away from you when you're at the three-point line is like the bare minimum of these players that, again, are all NBA caliber. And I think the fact that they haven't gotten there is concerning to both those teams and to their development. And I'm just confused as to why in the offseason they just didn't hit up Steve Nash or someone or like, you know, like a, a great shooter and just be like, yo, teach me. Like, it's not that hard. I mean, now Steve Nash might have a conflict of interest, but before this, he didn't. So, but whatever. Yeah, the shooting will remain a concern for both the Sixers and the Bucks with their star players. But I mean, they're they're treading water. They'll be fine. The Pacers, a very surprising 9-6, and six, look pretty good. Um, before the Oladipo trade, he was playing really well for them, kind of looking more like the Victor Oladipo we were accustomed to. But DeMontis Sabonis is now a legitimate, like, I would put him somewhere in, like, second, third team All-NBA if we were doing the rankings, like, right now. Like, how central he is in that offense, and he kind of passes, like, Jokic. He has great vision. Um, defensively has improved a juggernaut offensively um he and brogdon are just really steady stable guys for that team and yeah i i like that they swapped head coaches in the offseason it was just felt a little stale nothing was really going on in indy but and miles turner man miles turner miles turner is all defense definitely all like I would put him on an all-defense team, but I think he's in the defensive player of the year conversation. I mean, apparently not according to ESPN. No, but, but I don't know what ESPN has been watching. 
Yeah, but he's averaging what like almost four or five blocks a game. It's kind of insane. And did you see he had a, he basically has a broken hand and he came back and went off in a game, like the game after he he like had a broken hand. It was kind of crazy. But my question to you about the Pacers, honestly, they were looking pretty good, right? They had a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Then this trade happens, this monstrous trade with regards to James Harden, and they essentially swap Victor Oladipo for Karis Levert, mm-hmm. right? Victor Oladipo is a bit older, I get that, and he, he has had some injuries, but now we see what happened to Karis Levert. Very sad situation that he found uh, a tumor on his on his kidney, I believe. It was a kidney, oh, yeah. And, yeah, and they're not sure if it's cancerous or not, and we'll see. It, regardless, it has to get removed, I feel. Mm-hmm. It, it might be benign, it might be cancerous, but they, they found a growth on his kidney. And so, maybe that wasn't uncovered during the trade process and during the physical evaluation medical evaluation that goes into trading a player maybe it was but if it was why would you go ahead with the trade and even if it wasn't i feel like victor oladipo fit the team quite well i don't understand what karis brings to the team other than youth and maybe extending the run a little bit because sabonis isn't that old sabonis is pretty young turner is pretty young brogdon is like not super old as well Right, I guess Old Depot of the four core guys is the oldest. So is it just extending the run with breaking in Levert? Brogdon. What's the logic there? Well, okay, Brogdon's also underratedly old because he played four years in college and then came to the NBA. So. Yeah, but he's only twenty nine right now, right? Brogdon's not. Oh, he's not. He's not twenty nine. I was thinking he was like twenty seven, twenty eight. He's twenty eight. He's twenty eight. Yeah, I was close. Come on, man. I feel like there's a difference between 28 and 29 if you're talking NBA. There's something weird about okay. 29 that just means like, oh shit, he's like a little bit older. Um, oh my god. But I, yeah, I mean, here's my thing. Oladipo was playing well, but it was really obvious that he just... I think there was so much discourse in the offseason that Oladipo did not want to be in Indy, even though he never really said it. But Yeah, he didn't say... It was just reports and reports, and, but then he came back and he was playing fine. Yeah, because he's just a... He's a good team guy. Like, even... There's the you, there's two paths you can take when you want to be traded. There's the Anthony Davis James Harden path where it's just you make it bitingly obvious you don't want to be where you are. And then there's the Oladipo route, which is the the good professional route where you still show up every day, work hard in practice, set an example, the team spirit, the camaraderie, all of that. Nothing, none of that changes, but you get traded, and that's kind of what you want. But it's good for the team because it wasn't done in some like shady like sketch manner. So. I kind of like the way he approached that whole trade situation. People are still talking that he wants to be traded to Miami. So we'll see if there's some mid-season trade thing that happens. Because the Heat... I don't know. Personally, I just feel like the Levert trade was unnecessary. And I think now that Levert is out for an extended period of time, it like it doesn't ruin their team. But they had such a good team before. So, but whatever. A healthy Levert That's just, helps with the playmaking. Like he is... No, he does. I think he's a slightly better player. But he's not healthy right now, which is the, the fact of the matter. Right. And I'm, I still am glad the trade happened because he even said like it might have saved his life if the trade never happened. Who knows? Yeah, that is true. 100%. 100%. Next, a very concerning fourth seed, Boston Celtics, have lost three straight. Let's. I want to keep this quick because I feel like we're just rambling on about all of these teams. No, uh, listen, I'm not going to talk at all about the Wizards. So, I think Jalen Brown might be just as good, if not better, than Jason Tatum. That is my hot take. I did, I did, Jason Tatum was supposed to be the next coming of Kobe Bryant, he, and I'm just confused that he hasn't shown. Okay, if you talk to Jason Tatum, no, I'm saying not. I'm, I'm saying he's still young and he's averaging 26 something. Like he's still great for his age, like, but he's 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 not the dominant. 
He's he's not the player. I, like, I thought he was gonna, on the Celtics. He's not the player. I thought he was going to take another leap this season, and yeah, I think he's exactly. kind of the same player he was last year. But again, we haven't seen him in quite some time because of COVID and such. But um, I mean, now that Kemba's back, we'll see if this team improves. Uh, I mean, I don't know. This team's very confusing because again, they they did lose uh, Gordon Hayward, right? So they did lose some depth, I guess. But what will we see? I mean, again, it's very confusing. This team is like roster wise supposed to be like the best team in the league or is the best team in the East? But yeah, I mean, I, I think they're also one of those like mid season run teams where they'll just figure stuff out as the season goes and. Yeah. When Kemba's healthy. We'll see everything. what Brad Stevens does. Right. Wait, so I have a quick question for you about the Sixers. Yeah. Is them being the first seed right now and Doc Rivers coaching them just an omen for a 3-1 like lead that ends up getting lost in the playoffs? Like, is that just what, because that's exactly what happened with the Clippers. And if you look at the Clippers logo and the Sixers logo, they're very similar. Mm. There's just so many, so many different similarities here. You know, I, I really think. The stars are pointing to the Clippers, base or the seventy centers basically being the Clippers of this year. Well, what do you think about that? I don't I mean, think look, Joel Embiid you, lets a three-one lead go. That's just my thing. I don't think the Clippers had a player like Joel Embiid ever to just like set that tone. And yeah, you can say Chris Paul, but Chris Paul hasn't always been the most. So you're saying Kawhi Leonard is the type, the type of guy to let a three-one lead go, but Joel Embiid is not. Because that's what I'm hearing from you. I genuinely think Embiid is... He's like more of a... He talks. Like, I know what Embiid communicates to his teammates. He talks too he, much. I'd rather have someone talk too much than not talk at all. I don't know from watching a game what Kawhi's mentality is other than when he just gets hacked. And then he's like, foul. But he says that in like <laughs> the voice of like, foul. Foul. Yeah. He like downloads some system update and then it's like, ha 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 Ref and one. <laughs> that's all i get from Kawhi. so i don't know man okay 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 I, so, I like this year's sixers team that's all i'm gonna say what about these calves though that made this monstrous trade that somehow they are the biggest benef- benefactors of it's very confusing because they, they got jared allen they basically did nothing got jared allen and they're just chilling it boggles my mind that I, they they didn't have to give up anything or they uh, gave like, up a second round pick. Yeah, second round pick, which is just pennies at that point. And they got Jared Allen. First of all, I think Jared Allen has been underrated his entire career. I think he should have been starting last year instead of DeAndre Jordan. Hey, 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 hey. What? Do you know where Jared Allen went to school? Uh, the University of Texas. Hook him, baby. Um, I Hook was em. waiting for that. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> they got Jared Allen for nothing. The team looks really good building around Sexland, which is one of the most young, fun backcourts in the league when Garland is healthy, of course. Um. Yeah, it's a fun Cavs team. They just beat the Nets twice CD, in a row. CD Osman actually looked pretty good before. Jetty. Again, his Jetty is his name. Oh my god. Okay, and then Drummond is injured as hell, but he's an All Star if he's healthy. Like, look at his numbers; it's just undeniable. Dude, at one point, I think he was he was listed day to day. He played, and he still got twenty and twenty. It was kind of insane. Dude, the guy wakes up and gets twenty and twenty. I don't people. When when the when the Pistons traded Drummond, it felt like they were just aggressively trying to just let him go for anything. And he's young, puts up numbers, tries hard, and I think he's improved his game a little bit. Okay, like, did, he's not did just you a, call Andre Drummond young? Yeah, he is. He's like twenty six. No way. I feel like he's twenty eight. How old is Andre Drummond? I'm checking. I'm asking Google. Google tells me he's twenty seven. He's twenty seven. 
So, that's not young. That's pretty young. Considering I, it's it not feels old. like Drummond's been in the league for like a million years and he's only 27. He, okay, he, he's like I. That's his age. His age is I. 27's kind of young. Okay, fine. Okay, but what about a guy who is young and who's putting up insane numbers? Trey Uncle. Trey Young from the ATL Hawks. I was literally going to say he was struggling as of three games ago, and I think he's found his shooting stroke again. So Yeah, okay, but he's still averaging like 25 points per game. Yeah, but he wasn't shooting well at all, and people are really frustrated with this whole Trey Young, and like, he does that no, James it, Harden. The first three games, he was quite efficient, and then he sort of dropped off a little bit, but now he's kind of bad. But I don't want him to be that like up and down and up player. Like I want him to just consistently yeah. be like a 26, 27 a game guy. But but you, who's been going off on the Hawks, dude? Wait, sorry, what? Who's been going off on the Hawks other than Trey Young for the past few games? Um, I think my his, question to you. his first name is Clint, and his last name is Capella. Um, his last name is underrated as hell, dude. Because he he got a triple double with rebounds, points, and blocks, and then he got twenty twenty seven points and twenty six rebounds. Dude, it's he's, insane. He's, some of the numbers these guys can put up, you just forget how good this league is. Like, I often forgot about clint capella just the other guy in the rockets team from 2015 to 2019 and now he's proving again why he's one of the best centers in the league like he's just another lob threat for trey and i think he actually pairs pretty well with john collins so yeah no really he does and then they also have danilo as well i mean granted in injuries aside because I think we have to put a lot of injuries aside right. points with this NBA season. The Hawks roster is not that bad. It's pretty good. But we'll see if the execution can be there because they don't have that veteran presence that can give them the game-winning shot. But, I mean, Trey Young has hit many game-winning shots in his young career already. So the next, really the next team is probably the most fascinating team we'll talk about today. And that is with the new big three, the Brooklyn Nets. Basically, they have six Hall of Famers on their team, right? Or five? What are you saying? Kyrie, Durant, Harden, Harden, Steve Nash. Well, okay, I thought you were talking. No, but like, it doesn't. Sure, Nash. Yeah, Nash is already a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then, like, they have a Mike D'Antoni. Yes, Hall of Fame coach for sure. Of course, right? And then they also just have like Amari Stoudemire just chilling. Stoudemire is not a Hall of Famer in anything. I mean, he's not going to make the Hall of Fame. Like, great, he's the Hall of Very Good. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Joe Johnson is barely going to make the Hall of Fame, if at all. I don't think Stoudemire has a chance. Okay. Joe Johnson makes you make the Hall of Fame and making the most amount of money by doing the least amount of things. Because Joe Johnson was he got paid an incredible amount of money, especially by the Nets, for doing not that much. I want to look at Joe Johnson's stats because I think. People forget how good he was with Phoenix and just it's hard Dude, scoring like, 20 points a game in the NBA. I'll just say that he won like not. OK, whatever. Uh, my point is he got paid a lot of money to win not that many games. Um, let's see how many years he made the playoffs. Um, OK, playoffs per game. He made the playoffs. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 seasons. He made the playoffs. Um, I mean, with Atlanta, he. I, they he, they made like semi deep runs. Like he has four. Yeah, because that that was that that was the Al Horford, Mike Bibby, um, Joe Johnson, Hawks, the Josh team Smith, of our, like all those. Yeah, teams. they'd always make like the second round and then fizzle out and then get beaten by LeBron. Right, but they would, that's, oh, they would always lose just, to LeBron. Yeah, they ran into generational talent most years. Um, God, he really did this. So 
2015-16, when he was 34, he was with Miami Heat. And the Heat went 14 games in that playoffs. I think they had two seven-game series, I think. It was... Oh, one of those one of those series was um, Charlotte versus Miami. Remember where there's that guy who was like taunting D Wade on the sidelines at the, the Hornets mm. home game? So no, you're right, you're right. He averaged 12 points a game in that playoffs. Is like a playing 35 minutes a game. My God, dude! I all time scoring. He is 44th career NBA. Okay, so. Do you want to know what his estimated career earnings are? What? $215 million. Yeah, it says $220 million is his total. Yeah, that's... Dude, okay, like, that's a lot. That's so much money. Can we talk about how he made $9.5 million, 9. million in 2017-18 from the Sacramento Kings? <laughs> and basketball... Can we talk about how much the Nets paid him? And the Nets pay, basically paid him, like, $70 million they in had three to. years. They had to. I know, I know. That's, a, he's, that's another story. Basketball Reference puts his Hall of Fame probability fifty point six percent, and I think that's pretty accurate. Okay, so do we want to talk about the Nets now? Let's, of today let's or talk the about Nets the Nets of, of twenty fourteen. I'm just saying they're struggling right now. If they lost a lot of depth, if your top three players are KD, Harden, and Kyrie, you should be winning a lot of games, and I think they'll figure it out. It's going to take time. Everyone's overreacting right now. They will be no, but an elite dude, team. DeAndre Jordan is just not a good rebounder anymore. Like. I don't know, like, because that's the center you keep, like, like you. I'm. It's just so it, confusing. The trade wouldn't have worked if it was. The you know, I understand. Of Jared Allen. I, know, I understand, but like, dude, they really have nobody to rebound the ball, like, legitimately rebound the ball. Because I know, like, KD, especially Harden, can average like ten rebounds, or can get ten rebounds a game because he's a triple double. But machine, that's the but, like, that's the nice thing about having Durant and and Harden, right? Like, both of them just unintentionally rebound a lot of stuff. Yeah, okay, so we're coming up to the 8th seed right now in the East, right? The Knicks. The teams that are below them are the Heat and the Raptors, right? They're the 10th, or the Heat are the 11th seed, the Raptors are the 12th seed. No, but you're forgetting the Bulls. And no, the I know, I know. I'm just asking a question to you right now. Yeah. The Heat and the Raptors kind of have, the Heat are the defending Eastern Conference champions, and they didn't lose a single player in the offseason. I guess they lost, like, Crowder, but, like, you know, they didn't really lose anybody of, like, vital importance that, like, they should be in the 11th seed. No, man. Jimmy right? hasn't and, played in, like, two weeks. No, no, no. And the Raptors also, like, like are basically the same team. So, my, my point is this. Those two teams, in my opinion, have to make it to the playoffs. So, which of the teams we've talked about, including the Knicks, do you think will get knocked out of the playoffs? Well, listen, I think Philly's a playoff team. Milwaukee's a playoff team. Indy's a playoff team. Boston is a playoff team. Cleveland's the one I'm iffy about, but I think they're, they'll fight in that like 8, 9, 10 spot. I think they'll be there once the season's done, especially if Darius Garland stays healthy. I mean, for me, I think it's the, it's the Hawks, the Cavs, and the no, Knicks are the three teams. The, that The Hawks spent way too much money this offseason not to be a playoff team, and their roster is pretty damn good. So... We're we're forgetting that um, Bogdan Bogdanovich is out right now with a I think a fractured knee. He has, he has Something. like some significant fracture in a leg. So once he's back, that's more depth they get, and they're still winning. Like they've won three in a row. So I think the Hawks will be there. Nets definitely, and then dude, the Knicks I, who dude the Knicks are apparently the best defensive team in the NBA. They I they played the Warriors a couple nights back and. They ground the Warriors' offense to a halt. Like, Steph Curry was the only guy getting on track, but they limited everybody else really well. And they don't have stars, but 
all their young talent is so RJ Barrett and Julius Randle are playing so no, well right Julius now. Randall Julius Randle literally playing at all star level, which is you you would have never thought that. Like he showed signs when he was with the Pelicans that one year when they were crazy, but you never thought when he was in LA all those years ago that he would be what he is right now. Yeah, exactly. And I still don't like watching him play because I think he makes a lot of his decisions like too late midair. He'll take like two steps and like, oh no, if my lane is open, let me just turn around and fling a pass and hope someone's there. Still does that a little too much, but he's fun. Um, Mitchell Robinson is fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I don't. I don't think the Knicks are gonna make the playoffs. Like, it's a fun story. I agree. I think they're gonna fall, maybe compete for like that ten spot to get into the play-in, but it's tough. Because yeah. there's another team behind them, the Bulls, which I like more than the Knicks. Um, yeah, just, I mean, and also one thing to consider about the Bulls is Lori Marketing has been out for basically two weeks because of COVID and then just some other. It's just really weird. Like some players are just out for a long time and we're just like, why? But it was because of COVID and then contact tracing again. So he's been out for like two weeks. Uh-huh. Well, so he's, that's been. No, no, he played. Um, no, he's been playing the last three games, but before I have him on my fantasy team, yeah, yeah, I know since the 15th, he's literally been out. He's been playing since the fifteenth. He's literally been out for like like the first half of like since since like New Year's. He's been out until the fifteenth. So Dude, he's playing awesome this season. Like he's shooting almost fifty percent, shooting almost forty percent from three in a contract no, the, the, the year. Ma- the main story of the Bulls is Zach Levine, of course. Like all star year for sure, and he's just been really playing super well. Zach Levine and, just, and CJ McCollum are two players who I think should have been all-stars by now, but just haven't because of yeah, circumstances. Yeah, 100%. The fact that CJ hasn't been an all-star is ridiculous, but... Outrageous. Yeah. And then we have the Magic, who, you know, were really hot initially, and then they lost Markel Fultz for the season, which is so sad. So sad. You, and now you, I just you don't even guy. know what to think. But... Yeah, I mean, they're in the 10th seed, but I feel like a lot of that is just because of their, like, early... I think they were 7-0 initially, right? Not 7-0. Or no, 6-0. Like, they were, like, 4-0 or 5-0 or something. And then okay, 5 They were really, yeah, they're really They're 7-9 right now, so... Yeah. I don't you're know. Right, the. Right. I do think the Magic will be around that 10 spot. I don't see them, like, being worse than... I don't know, dude. Actually, when you look at it, the East is, it has a lot of interesting teams. Like, okay, 11 Miami. Like, I think we've talked about them a lot on previous podcasts and stuff. And they didn't really overhaul much this season. But when Jimmy's healthy, like, they're just, they're capable of beating anyone on any night. But they can also lose to anybody on any night. Which is why they're one of the most, int- like, it's a very frustrating team to evaluate in the regular season. Because I know they're all going to lock in for a playoff series. But it's... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, like, the seventh seed by the end of the, the season. No, I agree. I agree. Because it's the Heat, you know? And they have a really good coaching staff, and they have a fantastic organization. So, I feel like stuff's going to be figured out. And Goran Dragic has been playing pretty well as well. Yeah. You know? And his... Because he signed again. A, uh, the, I feel like it was it was a one-year one year deal, right? To mm-hmm. come back? Yeah. Yeah, so... Okay. But, I mean, the, the Raptors team is also struggling quite a bit because they were... You know, they, they had a decent playoff run, and I don't, it's not like they lost anybody. I think the Raptors are going to... I put them way low in my standings. Like, I did this thing with my friends where I, we just, like, predicted standings. And before the season, I think I had them, like, in that 9-10 spot. Just because I think their team is just not elite. Like, they like Lowry's old. Still super useful guy, but he's getting old. 
Siakam is very limited in terms of like we've seen in late game situations so far against the Warriors um, this season. There was a play where Wiggins just absolutely locked him up, forced him into a tough turnaround. His offensive game is fine, but not good enough to be like the first option guy. And then yeah, he I think he he missed two buzzer beaters and buzzer in beater row. attempts in a row. Yeah, and they weren't like terrible shots, but like he no, they were he, not he at all. But them. it's just kind of it's kind of telling. And then I like Fred VanVleet, but I don't think he's. If you're counting on him to just be primary offense for you, that's tough. Because he's he's very consistently all right. Like, I don't ever think of him as elite. And I don't know if that's just... Like, I've watched him destroy Golden State in the finals before. I've seen him do all the intangible things. I like him as a player, but I just don't think of him as an elite guy. And they paid him pretty well. A lot of money. So... I don't know. I I love the Chris Boucher story though. Like he looks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. He's doing so well. Defensively, yeah. Wow. Uh, the The Warriors right now are getting destroyed by the Jazz. It's almost a, it's a twenty nine point game. Yeah. Um. I kind of want to save the West for another one. I'm down to just do NFL after the East. Okay. The Hornets. Everybody was talking Lamelo Ball. Everybody was Lamelo thinking, Ball. How is he gonna put his footprint on this team but i mean they've been slumping recently the last four in a row but before that gordon hayward looked like all-star gordon hayward again which i'm just personally really happy about because i think after the injury he had in his first game as a celtic that's so hard to come back from to ever be the same player after that and he finally looks like an elite offensive contributor again definitely and i think this team is what six and nine, right? And there's a bunch of teams that are kind of in that six and nine, seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and eight type range. So it's not like they're super far away, like the Pistons or the Wizards are. So they're kind of still in the mix. They could easily, with like a four or five game winning streak, pop up to like what's now fourth, fifth place in, in, in the Eastern Conference. So they're not out of it at all, even though they're all the way down in 13th place right now in, in, in the standings. But this team has the potential to make it. And I think. The the coach of, of of the Hornets, whose name I will not ever remember, James Borrego? said some. Sure, let's go with that. If you made that up, I'd have no idea. No, I'm pretty. Um, sure. He's yeah, he's the coach. okay. He said something about like Lamelo, and he's still like because Lamelo isn't getting that many minutes. He's getting like 20 minutes a game, 20 like 25 minutes a game maybe right. max. And he he gave this quote where he's basically saying Lamelo turns the ball over too much, and if he's going to turn the ball over that much on offense, he needs to make it up on defense. Mm-hmm. Which is like cool, but you shouldn't have said that publicly, in my opinion, because it just like morally degrades your player into the into the press. But whatever. But I mean, I think a big issue is that Lamelo is only playing twenty minutes a game for this team. Like, why isn't he playing more? Like, he should be playing more. He's one of the best players on that team. No, I think like, he, you don't. I like, think you will. They have Bismarck Biombo taking threes. Like, bro, just put Lamelo ball in the game. I'm so confused. I think he will be. He'll get more minutes. It's just right now, like. They have Rozier, Devontae Graham, who's been struggling with his shot the entire season, but he knows the system. He's a good facilitator. They have those two and LaMelo, so it's a kind of crowded guard rotation. I think eventually LaMelo's going to get a little more of Graham's minutes. But no, no, but of those players, LaMelo's the best facilitator, I feel like. Yes, but his shot leaves. It's He still has to work on his shot. That's no, the biggest of course. Thing. But, but, I mean, but how do you expect a kid to get better if... Like, you don't play it. Like, my, my thing is, they maybe make the playoffs, right? But even if they make the playoffs, they're going to lose in the first round because they're going to be the 7th or the 8th seed, 
right? So if you're going to lose in the first round, might as well play LaMelo minutes and get him exposed. Not exposed in a bad way, but exposed to the NBA and get him playing time. If you play him 20, 25 minutes, it does no one any good because like LaMelo isn't, is, is LaMelo's potential development is going to be stunted. Mm-hmm. That's just my logic. I'm clearly not an NBA coach. I think I should be, but I'm not. Don't be all but think I'm, we should be coaches. No, I think of all the people I know, I'm the most qualified, but you know, I spend the most amount of time playing basketball or on the basketball court, not playing in the game. And I feel like that primes me to be a good coach. <laughs> But, so basically what you're saying is the bench is your friend. Yeah, I've got to know the bench very well over the past few days. And hey, someone of, else was speaking of representation, Sean Desai, defensive coordinator oh, yes. for the Bears. Let's go. I'm very excited about that. We'll see how that goes. Maybe we can get him on the pod. That'd be awesome. That genuinely would be the best. <laughs> see, I don't, I don't think do. he has any social media profile at all. I, I have to write a letter to reach out to him to be like, hey, yeah. can you please... Hello, dear. Hello, dear sir. Yeah, gonna have to ask Hard Knocks to like reach out for us, dude. That's the only way the Bears will probably respond to anything because they don't respond true, true, true. to anything on a football field. But that's another issue. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Um, last. Yeah, that was a garbage. Two... Oh, I just want to say the Saints Bears game was the most garbage. The only thing that made that game redeemable was the fact that I watched on Nickelodeon and yeah. Nate Burleson had to try and explain everything to the like other kid that was watching with them and that was hilarious. Dude, every official's call, they're like, Young Sheldon coming here to explain what offensive pass interference is. <laughs> I honestly love Young Sheldon though and I, the thing I love about Sheldon too is like in the Big Bang Theory, like Sheldon knows football mm. and like Leonard and Howard are super surprised and then they show why in Young Sheldon, Sheldon knows football is because his dad was a football coach. And so I, it's 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 with it's like tied into the universe and everything. So you spent a lot of time on the production for that Nick broadcast, dude. And and, and Sean Payton got slimed just to lose the next game, which is oh, that was so funny. Man. I can't believe Sean Payton actually got slimed. That's so funny. Anyways, oh my god. Um, last two okay. teams definitely not getting. Both slimed. these teams should get slimed they, because no, they, they yeah no they're not getting slimed anytime soon. No no no, no they should get slimed because they suck. Okay, but here's my take. The Wizards have are two... just getting screwed over by by complete COVID protocols because Bradley Beal hasn't played a game in like a year. No, no, no. and Ru- Russell Westbrook also hasn't played a game so in like a year. That's my thing. And Rui was injured in the beginning of the season too. I think the Wizards make the playoffs. That's a super hot take, dude. But if you have Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook on your team, you should not be. The 14th seed in the Eastern Conference. I just think they've been hit with a rash of injuries. Thomas Bryant now out for the season, which is super sad. But yeah, exactly. Bertans, Beal, Westbrook, Rui. I kind of like, and their their rookie Denny Advia like looks pretty damn good. Like he looks yeah. like he can contribute as a rotation guy. So I think the Wizards are a better team than maybe. Like the Hornets or the Magic or something? No, I listen, know. I 100% agree with you in terms of roster makeup and structure and size. They're a better team than the Magic and the Hornets, right? And even the Bulls, honestly. But, and the Knicks for sure. I don't but know I about don't for think sure. Make... I, I think the Knicks are actually, like, roster-wise, very interesting. What? Dude, do you have Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook? Those two guys no, are better no, than I, any... I know, but the entire Knicks roster is like... Dude, and Emmanuel quickly is a monster. Have you seen this guy? It's not like the Wizards roster is made up of complete garbage. I agree. They're, they've definitely been a victim of circumstance these past few weeks. But, like, they're, like, like they're, I don't I don't think that they're going to... Because Thomas Bryant is out, and I think if Thomas Bryant was in, I'd say for sure. But, I mean, maybe they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they'll be 
anywhere higher than the seventh seed. Seventh, eighth seed are playing. Yeah, sure. I don't. Yeah, I have no high seed expectations for this team. Just they, if they barely make the play-in tournament and like somehow end up with the playoff spot, that would be kind of what I expect. Yeah, but the team is not going to make the playoffs in the East. A hundred percent guaranteed yes. is the Pistons because they're absolutely atrocious. The downfall of Blake Griffin's athletic prime is just sad to see. Like he just only shoots threes now. Does not know how to post up anymore. Just. They don't run and like late game plays for him anymore. It's the Jeremy Grant show in Detroit, which is so strange. Like Jeremy Grant is averaging almost twenty six points a game. Who the he might be hell? most improved player for sure. No, I think him or Christian Wood or yeah, those two guys basically. Basically, but oh my god! I mean, like, Dylan Wright is not playing well at all, and then he, he was supposed to be having a good year, and Derrick Rose is having a good year, but he got a little injured. But you know, that's Derrick Rose for you. But is Jeremy yeah, just, Grant like? This Detroit's team is sad, man. It is a sad team to watch. I was gonna ask: Is Jeremy Grant like playing himself into like a? No, it, it doesn't matter for Jeremy Grant. No, like is I this, think he's is his next contract gonna be a max? Oh, I mean, based on how he's playing right now, he's what twenty six. Yeah, I think in like a year or two, he's gonna get traded to a big team and get a max. Not a big team, but like a good enough team that makes the playoffs. He's not, he's not going to spend his life in Detroit. Like, trust I me. I think some teams should trade for him like this season. Like, he's like wasted. He's I, I even said this when we were doing our preseason stuff. Like, there's certain players where they're just wasted on bad teams. And you're like, I just wish they were on a good team so I could see them contribute to winning basketball. Jeremy Grant's one of those guys. I mean, we saw Jeremy Grant on the Nuggets, though. But I mean, granted that that team was so laden full of talent. You know who the Nuggets so. could use right now? Jeremy Grant, like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's only because MPJ has been out for the past fourteen weeks, right? But yeah, they need something to just jumpstart their season. But whatever, we're we're saving the West for the next episode, and we're gonna be discussing the NFL conference championship results next episode as well. But let's preview them super quick. So we have two games tomorrow, Sunday, January twenty fourth. The first one is, is how it works. What? Is that is are, are there two games? Are you sure? Um, I unless I am absolutely tripping and there's like a hundred teams in the playoffs. I bet the Raiders <laughs> still wouldn't be one of those hundred teams. <laughs> um, we got the number one seeded Green Bay Packers is in the NFC versus the fifth seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And bro, Tom Brady in the conference championship again. Yes, just there's death taxes and Brady breaking hearts in the playoffs. Like <laughs> there's just certain things you. You just accept at this point. And their only matchup in the regular season was week six. And the Bucks won 38-10. to 10. So, Yeah, but that's because it all started with this Aaron Rodgers pick six that just like deflated the, the Packers team completely. And I think Devontae Adams had not a very good game. He had very few yards that game. And just I think Aaron Jones was also out that game. So there was a lot of extenuating circumstances. But I mean, one thing to consider with regards to the Buccaneers is that their left tackle, the original left tackle, I completely forgot what his name was, he's out. So they have somebody else replacing him. Ooh. Again, I'm doing a terrible job with the names because I just don't remember them. But if, if the if the Packers rush can attack the, the left side of the pocket with regards to Brady, that could be the make or break with this game. So you never know. I agree. And one of the things that i hate doing is looking back i just did this because we had to but like i don't like looking back at a really early regular season game and then using that to justify a prediction that's months and months later so i think green bay has just been in a good groove on both ends of the football i think rogers is just 
he he's in control. Like I I haven't seen him look flustered. He's been playing behind a great line. He hasn't been under pressure too much this season. So I'm gonna go with the Packers and bet against Tom Brady. If I were to make a guess, I think it's gonna be close. I think Mason Crosby is gonna end up playing a bigger role than I think anyone wants Mason Crosby to play. But it's gonna be those within 30 yards of the end zone like i'm not just saying red zone but it's like can they tampa's defense is good but i think rogers is just better which is what i'm going with no 100 percent. i think it's also going to be a situation where the packers end up winning it i think it'll also be close but i think there there's definitely a realm where brady wins this somehow some way because that, that team is really good, but I mean, also, they're not going to have Antonio Brown, right? So that's going to be one loss of a weapon. Not like Brady has few weapons on his at his disposal. And we saw against the Saints that, like, he threw to basically everybody except for his big names, right? He only threw, well, one touchdown to Mike Evans, but, like, that, I think that was the only reception of the game. Right. Or, like, one of his very few receptions. So Brady can throw to nobodies and can throw to anybody. So I think the Packers win this, though, because I think the Packers team is just too good. Yes. But Mike, close. Mike Evans' season was so strange. I feel like he just caught so many touchdowns, but he didn't have a lot of yards. Yeah. So Because very... it was, yeah, I mean, that's a story for another day. But, yeah, in the AFC, it's going to be the, uh, the Chiefs versus the Bills. And, again, we saw this matchup earlier in the year. It was rain-filled, and I think the, the, the Bills had a lot of injuries then. John Brown was injured, who is a critical part of that, of, of that Bills team. But again, the Chiefs won that pretty handily. But I think this Bills team is slightly better now and they have the roster healthier. And I think one big question mark is how good is Patrick Mahomes going to be? His health is the it's only the, question it's, the, it's the only question I have about this game. Because otherwise, I think this is going to be one of the most fun football games. I don't know if it's going to be as crazy as that one Monday night Rams-Chiefs game a couple years back where it was just touchdown after touchdown. I don't think it's going to be that because... I like the Bills' defense a lot. But Kansas City is one of those teams where they remind me of the Warriors in which no team has the switch to just completely flip it on and off. And I'm not talking about this year's Warriors because that's a different story. I'm talking about prime 2014 through 2018, 19-ish. Like that Warriors team. They had an on-off switch that nobody else had. So even if Mahomes is down like 24-7 in the third quarter... Until there's literally no timeouts, no two-minute warning, every option has been exhausted. The Chiefs are in a game for all I care. Yeah. I think, the, again, the only issue is his health, and we'll see what his cognitive ability is. Because, again, with the concussion, it's not like he can't throw the ball far. It's like, what decisions can he make? Right? So we'll see what this Bills team throws that in. But I think if Patrick Mahomes is healthy and if he's going to play, that means— I mean. I'm not, I'm not sure because this is the future of their next like 10 years for the Chiefs, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, they need to win this game, right? So I think they're going to play him no matter what, right? Even if yeah. like he's slightly concussed, like no, 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 I'm not he's, sure. He he's cleared protocol, I think. Okay, dude, it's clearing protocol in the NFL. I don't think it means that. But it's like, let's be real here. True, true. Well, okay. yeah, it, it literally says he he's cleared from concussion protocol, eligible to play in the AFC Championship game. They'll play. They're 100 percent going to play him. And but it depends on, on how good he is. So if right. he's as good as he is, then the the Chiefs win it. But I think because of that injury, there's a higher chance of the Bills. I think it's like 60-40 Chiefs right now. This is going to be an but awesome game. Whatever happens, it's going to be, be a good an game. awesome game. 100%. Um, 
that about does it. That wraps up our first episode back after a really long time, but we were talking earlier and we're going to have consistent episodes, weekly recordings. We're going to just be more present in the sports scene because there's a lot of stuff going on. And we all know you guys want to hear all about baseball when it starts up in a couple of months again. So we're just priming ourselves for that by talking about basketball and football and, you know, these other meaningless sports. But that about does it. Um, Ani, anything, any life updates, how's work, whatever, how's anything? I mean, I don't, not, not really. Uh, I, the Lakers are winning, which is good. The Chargers got a new head coach, which I'm like, okay, about, I guess. I thought we'd get Brian Dabble, but we didn't, and that's whatever. So my, my main concern in life right now is how the Chargers are going to be doing next year. Just but apply for the GM job. I really do. If it was that easy, it would be done. Okay. <laughs> the Chargers, the Spanish family should sell the team, but whatever. That is a story for another day. I'll probably write some article about it soon, but nice. that, that's all I have. Uh, I guess stay safe and wash your hands like always. Wash your hands, people. Peace. Thank you.